0: Big news, it is reported in La Stampa, in Italy, and in the Telegraph, a cardinal in the Vatican has revealed that conservative cardinals are mobilizing against Pope Francis. This is the article here, this is the Telegraph version. Pope Francis could be ousted in secret plan by Vatican hardliners, reports say, the campaign which began days after his predecessor died hopes to place him under such stress that he will have to resign that's the story it's big news i didn't i didn't suspect this in fact i was going to cover today archbishop yergan's Gansfine met with pope francis this morning And his book, Ganswein's tell-all book, comes out in, I think, three days. So I thought that was going to be the big news. But the big news is that a cardinal has gone to the press and said, the conservative cardinals are beginning to mobilize against Pope Francis. Here is what we know. I'm going to switch over to another article and read you what this cardinal is leaking to the press. It could be true. It could be false, I actually think it's legit. All right, so there is a Vatican plot to force Pope Francis to resign. Now, a lot of the language being used here reminds me of everything that people have been saying about what happened with the Sankal Mafia and the Roman circle with Pope Benedict XVI. So is this just the liberal, modernist, heretical, occultist, satanic people just accusing other people Of their own sins? Or is something happening here and they're twisting it to make it sound like what they did ten years ago? Maybe we can talk about that if we have time for Q&A. Here's the bullet points, four bullet points. Number one, allegedly conservative cardinals inside the Vatican are said to be plotting to oust Pope Francis. Bullet point number two, his liberal views and his changes or restrictions to the traditional Latin Mass has drawn suspicion from traditionalists. Of course, that's true. You hear me talk about it. I sound like a broken record talking about this. Third bullet point. The resignation of Pope Francis, which he has alluded to before, was very unlikely while Benedict XVI was still alive. The last thing we need are two Pope Emeritites. And then, fourth bullet point, following, allegedly, following Pope Benedict's death on December 31st, cardinals are now mobilizing against him. Here's the story, quote, conservatives in the Vatican are said to be plotting to put Pope Francis under such pressure that he is forced to resign. The move to oust the liberal-minded Pope Francis, age 86, began in earnest just days after the death of his predecessor, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, which happened on December 31st. Although Pope Francis has previously declared he would step down if his health deteriorates, it was deemed unlikely to happen while Benedict XVI was alive, in order to prevent an unprecedented situation of three popes living at the Vatican. The Telegraph reports... Now, here is the juicy part. Here's the interesting part. Speaking to Italian newspaper Stampa, a cardinal said the conservative faction is ready to move against the communist pope. Now, I don't know if the cardinal said communist. I don't know if the telegraph said communist, but it's right there in the article. I think it's interesting. I'm just going to check in with y'all and make sure that the sound is working because it's been a problem so far. Y'all hear me okay? I think we're finally going. Yeah, we are. Perfect. Now, again, I'm going to go back to the article here, but is this fake news being put out by the liberals to gain some sympathy for Pope Francis? Or is this actually happening? I My gut tells me this is actually happening. I'm going to explain why in just a minute. I'm now going to go to the text of what allegedly this cardinal said. And I think this cardinal is on the liberal faction because of the wording being used here. Okay, so here is what this cardinal who went to the press. He's anonymous. I can't find his name anywhere. Here is what he said. And these are in quotes, by the way, given to us via Vestampa and Telegraph. Quote. The secret plan will be formulated on various axes and phases, but it will have one objective to place the pontificate under such stress that Francis will have to resign, end quote. So the very fact that this source, this cardinal, is using the idea of axes, phases, and putting Francis under stress Seeming to indicate that this is not one of the one of the conservative cardinals. This is a cardinal who's sympathetic with Francis and is somehow leaking it. Again, this story comes out the same day that Archbishop Gerd Gansvein met with Pope Francis. He met with him today. It's a fact. Okay, so these two stories are coming out together. This anonymous cardinal goes on to say this: quote. The opponents of Francis know that right now they are in the minority, that they will need time to both win a consensus and to weaken him. Okay, so I'm going to pause here. They need a consensus and to weaken Francis. What is the consensus they need? That could mean two things. You have heard me over the past year, over and over, appeal to the Cardinals to beg the cardinals, will you please take action? As St. Robert Bellarmine, doctor of the church, said in his book, De Ecclesia, that the Roman church, the cardinal church, if the Pope is suspected of tyranny or heresy, manifest heresy, the cardinals are to admonish him two to three times and then begin an investigation. Because... St. Robert Bellarmine, St. Robert Bellarmine says that a pope who is a manifest heretic de facto, ipso facto, falls from the papacy, loses the papal office. But it's up to the cardinals, who are in charge of elections, it's up to the cardinals to admonish and to investigate. If they find that he is a heretic, they can just say, they don't have to remove him, he's already removed. But the cardinals can say... The sea is vacant. This man is a heretic. He has fallen from the papacy. We are now going to have another conclave, and elect a pope. That's what St. Robert Bellarmine says. And I have been begging, I'm nobody, but I have been begging the cardinals, will you please just begin this process? Maybe now they're beginning the process. I hope so. So they need a consensus if they want to begin that process, but they also would need a consensus if Francis did resign of his own accord they would need a consensus to elect a Pope who is not a raging liberal or a modernist or a heretic who is in the image and likeness of Francis. They don't want Francis to resign and then to get Pope Francis II. And he's just like or even more liberal than Francis. So they need time for a consensus, but I mean, they don't got much time left. The Cardinal says more. The Cardinal added that the campaign would hinge upon, quote, the progressive weakening of the Holy Father as well as his doctrinal choices, which will create a great deal of discontent, which can be used against him, end quote. Now, I think this part is key. This part is critical. If true, they're saying that the progressive weakening of the pontificate will be directed at his, his, Francis's doctrinal choices. Did you know that the Greek word heresy means in Greek choices? Heresies is just the Greek word for choices. If you're a heretic, that means you choose your doctrines instead of receiving the doctrines of Jesus Christ. the campaign, according to the Cardinal, he uses the word campaign, the campaign against Francis will involve the doctrinal choices. This indicates to me that if this is true, the Cardinals will proceed by focusing on the doctrinal choices of Pope Francis. What are some of the doctrinal choices? Well, the first that comes to mind is Amoris Laetitia, where Pope Francis teaches that those who are not married in the church, who have concubines that are in technical adultery, can receive communion with pastoral accompaniment and even go to confession and receive absolution without stopping to have sex with someone who is not their spouse in holy matrimony in in accordance to the laws and the norms of the Catholic Church. That's a problem. That's why... Cardinal Burke and the other dubia cardinals, Cardinal Mueller. that's why they wrote up the dubia and asked the question, and what happened? They got the silent treatment. No clarity. Other things that come to mind are the Pachamama. Why was a South American idol placed on altars of the Catholic Church? We Catholics don't do that you don't take idols and put them onto holy altars or put them in front of the tomb of St. Peter in the Vatican. Francis needs to be held accountable for that. That is common sense. It's the first commandment. I mean, it's not only just in the Ten Commandments, it's the first commandment. Thou shall have no strange gods before me. There was a strange goddess in the Vatican it's a sin it's an idol Francis needs to be held accountable for that so far the cardinals have said zip this is what a cardinal is saying that there is a group a minority group a small group now I could list the five to ten conservative cardinals who would make that group up, but I don't want to do that. As soon as I start naming names, people are going to run with names. So I'm not going to say a word about who these cardinals could be, who they likely would be. That's not today's show. But I am focusing on news that's hitting the real media, and the source is not just a anonymous source. It's a cardinal who's saying things that make sense. That now that Pope Benedict is dead, conservative cardinals are mobilizing. It makes sense. Now let's go to the other big story today. Actually, before I do that, I want to pray with you. We're going to pray the Our Father together. Oremos. In nomine Patris et Filii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, sanctificetur in Nomen Tu. Advenia tu fia voluntas Tua, sicut in Celo et in Terra. Panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie. et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut in nos dimittimus debitoribus nostris, et nenos in ducas in tentationem, Sed libera nos Amen. Almighty God, we pray for Pope Francis, we pray for the Cardinals, we pray for the Vatican, and we pray that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Nomeni Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Just checking in, can y'all hear me okay? Well, I'm taking a little breather here and a break. Take a moment to like the video. That means give it the thumbs up. If you're watching on Facebook or on Twitter, retweet it, share it. If you're on YouTube, share it. And then, of course, if you're on Twitter, follow my profile, Facebook, follow it, YouTube, subscribe, hit the bell, be notified. This is lots of good info coming out of the Vatican. I will try to be the first on it right away, so subscribe and hit the bell and you'll be notified. My goal this week is to go live every day at noon with the most recent information. So subscribe and hit the bell, and let's go. All right, the other story that I was going to lead with today before this story broke is the meeting of Archbishop Gergenswein with Pope Francis. The article headline is, this is from Reuters, Pope Francis meets Benedict's top aide as memoir rattles the Vatican. So this morning, Pope Francis met privately with Archbishop Georg Ganswein. Ganswein was the closest aide, the right-hand man, the sidekick of Pope Benedict XVI. I would love to interview Archbishop Ger This new memoir that Archbishop Genswein is publishing has, according to this article, rattled the Vatican because it's supposed to be a tell-all of what's been going on between the two men in white inside the Vatican. The Vatican's daily bulletin listed Archbishop Genswein in the pope's schedule of audiences but gave no details so we know that the two met in private and it was published on the pope's calendar the article goes on hours after benedict was buried on thursday an italian publishing house sent some new sent some news outlets including reuters advance copies of archbishop gansfind's 330 page book nothing but the truth my life besides Benedict XVI. What does this indicate? This indicates that Archbishop Genswein has already written the book. The book is already edited. I've written 10 books. Okay. You got to write them. Then you go through two to five rounds of edits. In my experience, for me, that takes me about a month working with an editor sometimes two months, and then once that's done, you got book covers, you've got typesetting, you've got to get the table of contents set, you've got to do the index, you've got to do the appendices. There's a lot of other work that goes into the packaging of it. And then once that's happened, you have to print it, and then you have to get it on the distribution channels. So by the time a manuscript is done, by the time you get it at your house through Amazon, we're talking about if you really rush it, you could possibly do it in three months would be like max warp speed. The very fact that the manuscript is written, it is edited, it is prepped, it is ready to go, and it's coming out in three days means that Archbishop Gansfine has been waiting with this. It has been, it's been the trump card, the ace of spades, up the sleeve, sitting there, waiting. And now that Benedict has died, he is releasing it. Comes out in three days. I'm getting a copy. Archbishop Gensbein, age 66, was Benedict's personal secretary from 2013, when Benedict was still Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger. And remained at his side for nearly 20 years until his death on December 31st. He was also Francis's gatekeeper until the two had a falling out. I've said it last week, I'll say it again. When I gave Pope Francis a copy of my book, Infiltration, first I met Archbishop Gansfine, shook his hand, had a few words, then met Pope Francis Talked with him for a while, gave him a copy of the book. My son talked to him for a little bit, and that was that. And Gensfein was with him yet again. In fact, Gensfein was sitting next to him that entire time. So that was 2019, though. This article said their falling out happened in 2020. So at that time, when I met both of them, the falling out had not yet happened, according to this article. The main question now facing Francis, is what position to give Archbishop Gensfine It would appear that he should be made a cardinal, a man of his prestige in the Vatican, but I don't think that's going to happen because Francis doesn't like Archbishop gensfine So is he going to be assigned to no man's land? Is he going to become the papal uh, nuncio, to, I mean, what would be a really obscure place to send him? I don't know, Turkey? He's the papal nuncio to Turkey. Or to Kazakhstan, he could hang out with uh, Bishop Athanasius Schneider. They could start a trad seminary in Kazakhstan. The decision for Francis is significant now that Benedict is dead. Gansfine could be the lightning rod. Remember when the Vatican got hit by lightning? He could be the lightning rod because he knows a lot of information. of. Every, we've all wanted to know what was going on in the Vatican walls for the past 10 years. What was Benedict doing? What could he read? What TV, was he allowed to watch TV? Was he allowed to? Was all of his mail opened in and out? Was he under surveillance? Was he coerced? Was he ill? Was he drugged? Did he have his mental wits to him? We've been asking all these questions. The only person that really, really, really knows is the man who was next to him every day, Archbishop Garrett Gansfein, and his book comes out in three days. Also, I showed that interview. What was that, five days ago? Go back on my podcast on YouTube, watch it. I did the interview, the German interview, and we translate it. Gensfein says that when, when Benedict learned of Traditions Custodis, the motu proprio Francis, that restricted the traditional Latin mass and overturned Sumorum Pontificum, he had pain in his heart. I've heard sources that Benedict read about it in the newspaper. He didn't hear it from Francis. He didn't hear it from the Vatican or from the Cardinal. Benedict learned that his policy, Sumorum Pontificum, giving free access to traditional Latin Mass for every Catholic priest on earth, that momentous monument for tradition was overturned. He didn't hear it from the people in charge. He read it in the newspaper. That's just a kick in the cross. In the book of Archbishop Garganzwein, which will be published January 12. And Archbishop ganswein you got to come on the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. We've got to talk about your new book. ganswein gives an insider's view of Benedict's election in 2005, his decision in 2013 to become the first pope in almost 600 years to resign information about his sickness and his final hours. Vatican spokesman Matteo Bruni has had no comment on the book written with Italian journalist Saverio Gaeta. Now the very fact that Pope Francis' spokesman has not mentioned the book means they want the book to go away. Even if you criticize it, it's just going to increase sales. We don't know what was said, just like when Cardinal Zen met on, I think it was on, uh, it was the day after the funeral. Cardinal Zen met with Francis. We don't know what was said there either. But Francis is busy ever since they buried Benedict. Francis has been busy. He's met with Cardinal Zen, he's meeting with Genswein. The gears in the Vatican are turning. So what does this mean? I'm going to turn over to some uh, questions now. Questions and comments. What does this mean? Number 1. Do you think that the cardinals are now mobilizing? I'm going to read that part again because there's people who have joined us. We're now at 3,400 people. We've doubled since I started and people coming in late maybe didn't hear the keywords. I'm going to reread the keywords of an anonymous cardinal in the Vatican indicating that conservative cardinals are mobilizing. Speaking to the Italian newspaper La Stampa, a cardinal who remains anonymous said, the conservative faction is ready to move against the communist pope. Their words, not mine. Communist pope. He said, quote, this is the anonymous cardinal, the secret plan will be formulated on various axes and phases, but it will have one objective to place the pontificate under such stress that Francis will have to resign. Quote, The opponents of Francis know that right now they are in the minority, that they will need time to both win a consensus and weaken him. The Cardinal added that the campaign would hinge upon, quote, the progressive weakening of the Holy Father as well as his doctrinal choices. That's the most important phrase in everything I've talked about today. The conservative cardinals are going after Francis, not because they don't like him, not because they don't get along, not because of internal politics. They're going after him for the doctrinal choices. Continues, quote, which will create a great deal of discontent, which can be used against him. Well, yeah, if you're if you say you're the Pope and you preach heresy, there should be discontent. There should be admonishment, there should be correction, there should be orthodoxy, Catholicism, truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We want that. And the problem is, Pope Francis, he's super popular. He is the cool kid when it comes to the United Nations, the European Union, Davos, George Soros, the Great Reset, China and the CCP, President Joe Biden, Justin Trudeau. With that crowd, Pope Francis is a cool dude. He gets to sit at the cool kid table every day at lunch with those people. But when it comes to the people who go to Mass every Sunday, maybe every day for daily Mass, and they pray their rosary every day, and they read their Bible every day, and they catechize their kids every day, and they pray at their meals three times a day, And they abstain from meat on Fridays. And they try to love the Lord God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And be faithful to God and redeem their souls through the blood of Jesus Christ. They try to get indulgences and pray for the dead. To live in faith, hope, and charity. For these people, they don't want abortion They don't want trans, they want traditional marriage, holy matrimony. They don't want divorce. They don't want sodomy in the priesthood. For these people that I just named, these little people like you and me, Francis is not popular with the core demographic of practicing Catholic. He is extremely unpopular perhaps the most unpopular Pope in the last 500 years with the demographic of people who go to mass every Sunday and love Jesus and want to be Catholic. You know, I would love, I'm sure you're the same way out there. I want to be proud of my pastor. I want to be proud of my bishop and I want to be proud of my Pope. You know, those are your three people over you. You've got your pastor, your bishop and your Pope. I want to be prouder. When when my bishop does annual appeal for the diocese, I want to be like, man, my bishop, he's so awesome. I'm going to give 10% of my income because I'm building the kingdom. Everything he's doing, everything he's teaching, he's starting beautiful convents and Catholic schools and the clergy are rock solid Orthodox and our our seminary is exploding. And he isn't compromising with the local politicians and the sermons are awesome and he's keeping the clergy accountable, hes I mean, I want to give him 10%. I want to give 10% to my pastor. Oh, it's now Peter Pence? Man, I love the Pope. The Pope is out there. He's preaching the gospel. He's saying Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's not courting the secular voices and compromising and watering down the truth, but he's proclaiming the truth. So when they pass the basket for Peter Pence, man, I want to put thousands of dollars in there. I want to support and build up the Pope. What he's doing, I want to do. I want to build up the kingdom. That's how I want to be a Catholic. I want my kids going to Catholic schools, being taught by traditional nuns with veils on, habits, rosaries. I want Catholic high schools, Catholic colleges that are for real. And man, we little people, we little lay people would be all on board with that but we don't see it. And that's why Francis, you are not popular. Every time we stick our head up and listen to you on an airplane, every time we have to wade through your lengthy documents that are confusing and sound heretical, sound contrary to faith, we get discouraged. And not only do we get discouraged, we're like, well, we're not going to help with that. We don't want to build up the new groovy version of Catholicism that Francis Bergoglio is creating. It's lame, it's dumb, and I don't want Pachamamas on my altar. So get those out of here too. We should have burned them. I mean, there's 10 commandments. The first commandment is, thou shalt have no gods before me, no strange gods before me, and and don't even make graven images of them. And the Pachamama is a goddess of South America. It's against the first commandment. If you're a Pope, you claim to be a pope, and you can't even show up when it comes to commandment number one, yeah, we little lay people are not going to trust you, you're not going to be popular with us, and we have to flee heresy and error and idolatry. Jesus told us to. And this is why we should beg the cardinals, please take action, please admonish, please warn, please investigate. The dominoes are starting to fall. I think Francis knows that he's unpopular. He can continue to chill with the EU set, Davos, but that's not who he's called to serve. Gregory the Great said that the Pope is the servant of the servants of God. Francis, please, please promote the first commandment. No gods before me, no heresies. We don't want your personal take, what you, as an Argentinian Jesuit, think is cool. We don't want that. We want Jesus. If you're the vicar of Christ, you're there to proclaim Christ and the Ten Commandments and the Our Father and the Seven Sacraments, the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's the job. Not to travel the world, not to promote the Joe Bidens and the Trudeaus, And the Abu Dhabis and the Pachamamas and the CCP in China. It's not not it. I know you don't have to listen to me. I'm just a little layman out here. Me, my wife, my kids, got my webcam. But serious. You know the job. The job of Pope. baseline ten commandments no gods before me that's I me mean, catholic doctrine catholic morality okay so let's make sure that we believe everything the catholic church is taught from jesus christ and then let's keep the commandments but yet francis we hear from you you can have idols and the whole thing about the Sixth Commandment, the Ninth Commandment, and adultery and all that, eh, just to have pastoral accompaniment, mm Mm-mm. Nope. All right, I'm going to jump over to some questions. Let's do it. I want to hear from y'all right now. We're streaming on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. This will be uploaded to Rumble. It's gonna be on iTunes, it's on Spotify, it's everywhere. Let's go, let's do it. Questions, coming in. Marshall, seems that you know the job of Pope better than Pope Francis. I don't think so. I think Francis knows the job of the Pope. But he's not doing it. And that's why we have an infiltration. That's why this book I handed to Pope Francis. Some people are critical of me. I don't, I don't understand why they're critical of me for giving this book to Pope Francis. If I wrote a book this monumental, this explosive, with this information about Sankara Mafia and Pope Francis and the Jesuits and all that, don't I owe it to the man himself to give it to him? I think so. Wrong segment. There we go. I think he knows the job. That's my take. All right, here is Brad. I wonder if Benedict's travesty of a funeral caused the Cardinals to realize that Francis needs to go. No, I think they knew that before. So odd with Francis sitting in front, Cardinals see that Bergoglio's ego has no bounds. Straight up. Look at this. Let me. Here's the picture. I think you're alluding to this picture. This one. No, you can't see it. Darn it. Right in front of him is the casket. Let's continue to go here. Lots of good comments. The Dr. Taylor Marshall Podcast has the smartest most informed questions and comments. I read questions and comments all over Twitter, Facebook, other people's YouTube channel. You guys are the best. You're informed. Rugi, Dr. T I know having three popes may have been unprecedented, but why did we have to wait for Benedict's death in order for conservative mobilization? I agree. I would have started day one, but I'm just a dad on a webcam. I don't get to make any of these rules. But I agree. As soon. Well, to Cardinal Burke and Cardinal Bronnmuller and the other deceased dubia fathers, they did start in 2000, was it 16 or 17 with their dubia, but then everything went quiet. I am shocked that after the Pachamama incident, the Cardinals stayed quiet. You know what should have happened? A group of Cardinals should have walked into the church, grabbed the Pachamamas, broken them up and burned them. That's the job of a cardinal. That's why he wears red. But no, better late than never. If they're mobilizing now, more power to him. Let's pray for him. And I, I've said it before, I want nothing more than for Francis to be the greatest Pope ever and say, man, I was off track. I looked into the casket of the dead Pope Benedict and I had a change of heart. I repent. It's a new day in the Vatican. I want nothing more than that. Mrs. G plus three. What do you think about the Vatican getting rid of B-16's memoirs? I heard Benedict wanted it that way. Of course, we don't know because we never get to hear from Benedict. So I don't know. I think it's sketch. I think it's sketchy. So much of this is sketchy. Have you heard anything out of the Vatican in the last five years? That wasn't a little little sketchy? A little, little sketch sketch? Oh no. Dr. Taylor, do you think Francis is the last pope according to the prophecy of St. Malachi? No. And I honestly don't think the prophecy of St. Malachi is legitimate. I don't think it's authentic. So I don't go off of it. have never received any sort of approbation or uh, theological testing, so I don't follow it. It's kind of like fortune cookie prophecy. There's these little statements. I don't know. Just I'm not a fan. No judgment to people who are into it. I don't follow it. Francis himself, for a press interview, uh, said that he's a communist. I think he said socialist, actually. I I covered that last week. If y'all want to hear me, go back onto the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. I covered that last week. I'm uh, pretty sure he said he's a socialist. He he's a follower of Jesus in the socialist way, which is heretical um, pope leo 13th and i think it was Pius the 11th said that that's impossible you can't be a socialist and be a christian at the same time 380 in dr taylor thank god uh, thank god francis needs to go the only thing my son and i love love was the tlm we are in alexandria virginia so sad i would like to start a petition to remove him Look, petitions don't remove a pope. Okay, we got to know that. We've got to get the cardinals to begin the process of Saint Robert Bellarmine. Marcelo, sadly Francis is wild, wildly popular here in South America. I've I've heard opposite. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm listening to the wrong people. I think in South American culture or maybe politics he is but i've heard for example in argentina he's not popular at all amongst the faithful am i wrong am i off let me know taylor is francis a freemason i cover this in the book infiltration i don't think he's a formal freemason i don't think he belongs to freemasonry and if you read my book infiltration I explain why. The reason why is, is you had to be in a secret society in the 1700s and the 1800s to say Freemasonic things, like the destruction of the Catholic Church, the abolition of monarchy, the abolition of Catholic kings and queens, etc. You had to say that stuff in secret, or if you didn't, if you said it out in public, you died. So there were secret societies to say these things. Now to say these things, you don't have to be in a secret society. The whole purpose of Freemasonry was to keep these secret ideas growing and producing until the time in which they won. And we are now living in a post Christian society. Freemasonry already won, both in the Democratic Party and in the Republican Party. So now I don't think he's a Freemason. He doesn't have to be. You no longer have to be Oprah and Joe Biden. And half or over half of Hollywood already professes everything the Freemasons were secretly discussing back in the 1700s. You don't have to go join a Freemasonic lodge to to figure this stuff out or hear about it or promote it. All right, going back in here to the comments. It moves so fast. Thanks, by the way, to everybody's here. I really appreciate everybody being here. Joshua Lilly over on Facebook. The issue is Vatican I is an incomplete council. The last session never occurred due to Franco-Prussian war. This session would have dealt with the issue of a heretical pope. I agree. Uh, I think I tweeted out yesterday that the Catholic Church needs to define two more distinctions on the papacy, at least. But those two things, in my opinion, as a nobody... Is papal resignation, what does that mean? If you resign Pope, are you still a Papa Emeritus? Do you still wear white? Historically, the answer was no. That needs to be defined. And then secondly, we need a definition and a canonized, official, declared process for when a Pope is suspected of heresy. Is he, as Cardinal Newman said, and St. Robert Bellman, is he de facto removed from the papacy just by being a manifest heretic? Is there a process involved? How does that process work out? We have, very, we have a lot of details on the process for electing a man pope. We don't have any detailed process for a pope who's gone crazy, for a pope who's become a heretic, or for a pope who's become a tyrant. We need that, we need that. And yes, Vatican I was never finished. That's why some, I've actually heard the argument, excuse me, Vatican II is invalid because Vatican I never ended. Vatican I is still in session. It's an interesting one. Thanks Joshua, good comment, solid. See this, Josh. Joshua is a great example of high info audience that y'all, that y'all are, it's fantastic. Dagu I think you asked this the other day, or someone else did. Will gensfine reveal the third secret of Fatima? And No, he's not going to. I don't think so. Rugi. Dr. T, how large do you believe this conservative mobilization will be, and do you think it matters how many cardinals are gathering in order to address heresy? I think all it takes is one or two. One or two because that is how the snowball gets rolling. Now, I personally, and I'm not going to name names. I already promised you, I'm not naming any names. You guys can threaten me as much as possible. I'm not naming any names, but I think this is about five Cardinals, about five. I'll say that, but I'm not going to say any more. I don't want to start the rumor mill. This goes with the question of Mike, are there enough conservative Cardinals? You don't, what do you, what's enough? 12, 30, 50, 80, 100. I think you just got to get it going. You need one cardinal right now to stand up and say, you know what? I think some of the stuff that Francis is doing is tyrannical and heretical. And I think we all need to get together and discuss it. And we need to bring it before Francis. And we need a person to personally talk to Francis. None of this in the shadows. I think we need to get together with Francis. We need to talk about it right now. That's what I think should happen. But who am I? I'm just a nobody layman. Are there pre-2013 Cardinals? Yes, they're in the minority. Greg Cromer, can you walk us through the Bellarmine process? Unfortunately, I don't have it with me. I'll bring it uh, next time. It's in St. Robert Bellarmine De Ecclesia. He says that if a pope were suspected of tyranny or heresy, that's the two things he mentions, then the cardinals are supposed to admonish him two or three times. What does admonish mean? Warn, go to him and say, hey, it sounds like you're teaching heresy. Are you teaching that or not? Oh, you are teaching that? Well, you should stop teaching that. Okay, I stopped teaching it. But if he's like, no, I think there's eight sacraments. Well, there's only seven sacraments. I say there's eight sacraments. Look, you can't say there's eight sacraments. The Council of Trent said so there's seven sacraments. And he goes, I say there's eight sacraments and I'm the Pope, you stupid cardinals. Well, if he does that. That's heretical. It's manifest heresy. And then the cardinals would have to get together and say, look, it's clear, dogmatic teaching that there's only seven sacraments. And this guy keeps saying there's eight. He's a heretic. He's a manifest heretic. And that means as a manifest heretic, he doesn't hold the papacy. He has fallen from the papacy. And then the cardinals say, "Yep, yeah, we warned him, we admonished him, we talked to him. He's being a tyrant. He's being a heretic. He's not the Pope. He's fallen from the papacy. Jesus Christ himself has deposed the Pope. He's not the Pope anymore. And then the cardinals have to say, because of that, he's no longer the Pope. We need to elect a new Pope who's Orthodox. We have set the date for the conclave on March 17th. We're electing a new Pope. This one's a heretic. He's no longer the Pope. That is the process of St. Robert Bellarmine in his book, De Ecclesia, on the church. I didn't come up with it. A saint came up with it. A doctor of the church came up with it. Bob says, are we in a state of sedevacantism? Sedevacantism is the belief that there is no Pope right now. In fact, most sedevacantists believe there's not been a Pope since 1958, as you know, I don't hold to that thesis. I'm understanding of people who would believe that because of all the chaos in the Church since 1958. Uh, and there are signs that something strange happened at the Conclave in 1958. But we don't have any ecclesiastical document stating that's the case. We don't have one single cardinal stating that case. We don't have one single bishop stating that's the case. So. For us, little lay people out on blogs and on YouTube and Twitter to say, the sea is empty. We don't have that authority. We don't have that knowledge. This is why we need the Cardinals to move forward. Don't you agree? Will Gensfein be excommunicated? Well, wouldn't that be interesting? I doubt it, but it could happen. Look what happened to Father Frank Pavone. By the way, I hope to have Father Frank Pavone on again, so make sure you subscribe. You don't want to miss the second interview with Father Frank Pavone. He's gonna give us an update of what's going on with him since he's been by Francis, I think, illegally suspended, but we can talk more about that in the future. H. <laughs> Toma. Is it safe to say Francis's consecration of Russia last March failed? I think it's safe to say that. I, I bit my tongue and I said I hope it's the real thing, but I, uh, I privately held doubts the whole time. I mean, I try to put a, put a smile on it and say, man, maybe God's being merciful to us. Maybe Francis is finally going to deliver on this, but here we are, almost a year later, not quite. Nothing has really changed that much in the Ukraine. Um, Hit the third secret of Fatima to the people due to it discussing the downfall, downfall of the papacy due to a heretical pope. We don't know that. We don't know what the third secret is. I do talk about the third secret controversy, the timeline, the events, why certain popes didn't open it why John the Twenty Third opened it early? That there's probably two openings of the third secret that occurred, um, and then all the footnotes and all the history and all the facts. You can get that in Infiltration. Check it out. And if you want a signed copy of Infiltration and a signed copy of my new book Antichrist and Apocalypse, go to Patreon.com forward slash Dr. Taylor Marshall. Patreon.com forward slash Dr. Taylor Marshall. It's the link is in the notes below. Here's Connor. I always like Connor's question. One or two Cardinals began the process. Would it go anywhere? Would the majority of Cardinals have to be convinced? That's a good question. It's not defined, but I think one or two beginning the process would count for beginning the process. They are Cardinals, most definitely. Deborah. I think Vigano is correct in that Benedict's resignation should be investigated. Me too. And I think it's the place of the Cardinals to begin an investigation. Absolutely. I totally agree. Your microphone sounds different. I know. It's the same microphone that I have at the other one, but it sounds different. And uh, I, need, I need help. I'm working on it. I don't know what to do. Does it sound better or worse? I think it doesn't sound as good. So, working on it. As you can see, the sound didn't even come on for the first 17 minutes of this video. We'll clip that out. Technical difficulties getting adjusted here in the new space. As you can see, new space. Working on getting all the kinks out. Margie says they are burning his papers. I know, it's horrible. It's horrible. Conservative cardinals have as much chance of success as the January 6th insurrectionists. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I honestly believe that Jesus Christ blesses fidelity, blesses people trying, even if it's so weak and too late. It's the acoustics, maybe? Maybe. I do have a different mixer. I have a same mic, different mixer. I don't know. That says, sounds good to me. That's good. I'll keep working on it. Insurrectionists. They're not insurrectionists. This is being faithful. If someone is worshiping idols and teaching heresy, well, then you get involved. You know? If your kid is doing drugs, you get involved. You know, if if your pastor is teaching heresy, you get involved. That's the loving thing to do. That's the loving thing to do. Everybody's giving me sound advice. Thank you very much. I will we'll work on it. We're working on it. I get. I agree. There's a lot more echo in here. We'll work on it. Thomas Taylor, what if there's a conservative pope and liberals try to admonish him? That should happen. That should happen. And by the way, popes can uncardinal cardinals. I mean, if I were suddenly made pope, which would never happen, uh, I'd probably uncardinal about half the cardinals, if not more. Say, being a cardinal is a privilege, you've abused your privilege you're not faithful, I'm taking away your red cardinal hat. Have a nice day. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. And then I make vegano a cardinal right away. People are saying I don't have the audio for the beginning of the podcast. Yes, the first 17 minutes was me talking with no audio, and then I just started over. So that's the confusion confusing part. Deus Volt, can you please get Father Jenkins on your show? Okay, I will. I'll do it. We'll do that. I don't know when, but I'll try to do it. Maybe also, people have been asking me to have Bishop Williamson on, maybe we'll do that. Bishop Sanborn, maybe some of these people who who are considered by some fringe, maybe it'd be interesting talking to them. I don't know. People say it's echoey. Okay, we'll get that fixed. It's easy. Echoey is easy to fix. Susan, the Vatican seems as messed up as any secular government. Uh, I would disagree with you, Susan. I think it's way more messed up than any secular government. Way more messed up. Grace flows downhill. Grace flows downhill. Grace flows from the church to the state. The state's messed up because the church's messed up. If we can't get the Ten Commandments right, if we can't get commandment number one correct, then everything else in the world's going to be wrong. I personally, I'll say it, people are going to make fun of me, Taylor Marshall's such an idiot, he's so dumb. I personally believe that the global crisis that we had with the Pachamama and all that, I think all of that is somehow theologically related to the Pachamama. People are going to make fun of me for saying this. We had, as far as I know, the first documented instance of a Pope bringing an idol into the Vatican, St. Peter's, and having incense burned before it and all kinds of weird stuff bowing down to it, and in the Vatican Garden, grace flows downhill. You want to bring about, go read the Old Testament. Go read the whole Old Testament, and then I'm going to give you a multiple choice exam. If you read the whole Old Testament, you you don't even have to be a believer. You could be an atheist. Read the whole Old Testament, and then I'm going to give you a multiple choice question, one of them in the Old Testament it is presented by God and the prophets that pestilence and plagues and illness come upon the people of Israel for which of the following sins and then I would have four choices Uh, let's see I would have adultery and then I would have um, breaking the Sabbath and then I would have idolatry and then I would have maybe stealing. If you read the whole testament, the correct answer that everyone will get correct is idolatry. The reason that pestilence and plagues fall upon God's people, upon the world is because of idolatry. It's in Exodus, it's in Leviticus, it's in Numbers, it's in Deuteronomy, it's in first Second, third, fourth Kings, first and second Chronicles. It's in Isaiah. It's in Ezekiel. It's in Daniel. It's in Hosea. It's in Malachi. It's in all of them. It's in the Apocalypse, the last book of the New Testament. Idolatry brings down plague and pestilence. It's a biblical. Now, if you don't believe in the Bible, then you think that's dumb. If you do believe in the Bible, then that does make sense. I believe in the Bible. I believe the Bible is the word of God. It's an errant and that the Bible is the guide for my life. That's just what's up. That's just, that's me. Call me dumb. Call me crazy. Oh, by the way, if you want to read the whole Bible, it's January 9th. You can still get on. You can still get on. You still catch up. All right, go to newstthomas.com. We are doing the Bible in the year program. We're doing the Bible Catholic cheat sheet. I've got a video of every book of the Bible from a Catholic point of view. I'm going to take you through Genesis. I'm going to take you through Exodus. I'm going to take you through Leviticus. You think you can't do it, but you can do it. You can go through Leviticus. Leviticus is actually pretty cool, especially if you're a Catholic and you believe that God wants things like beautiful art, incense, altars, sacrifice, candles, lamps, gold, statuary all that stuff god wants all that how do we know that as catholics it's in the book of leviticus so if you want to do that if you want to go through the whole bible and i'm going to hold your hand and help you through every book of the bible and show you how catholicism is in every book of the bible go to newstthomas.com, nsti that's where i teach online courses and i will help you read the entire bible and understand the Bible, and where all the Catholic doctrines and customs and liturgies come from in the Bible, go to NewStThomas.com. We may be sold out of spots by now. I'm not sure. I may have spoken too soon. We did 100 spots, and we opened up some more spots. I don't know what the status is right now. So if you go there right now, and there's no spots, you can maybe enroll at a future time. But you can go to NewStThomas.com, sign up, and get started. Or learn more or explore. There's also a whole course there on how to go to the Latin Mass, how to pronounce Latin, how to understand Latin, how to make the responses in Latin, and then how to attend the Latin Mass, the history of the Latin Mass, the parts of the Latin Mass, the different kinds of Latin Mass, the Roman Rite in general, etc. That's all included in what you're gonna get right here. NewStThomas.com. Thomas.com. Do it. Go get it. Alright, more questions. Read the Bible. If you want to be equipped and understand the way God sees the world, you have to read God's Bible. Sine nomine. Taylor, what's your opinion about a theocratic state? Would you support it? Directly the will of God is incorporated directly into the state. So we've got to be careful here. A theocracy, so Israel, ancient Israel, was a monarchy but it was also a theocracy that meant that God was considered to be the king and the monarch of the people of Israel and that the king of Israel was his delegate his vicegerent upon earth okay so that's the structure of the Old Testament now in the New Testament you can have monarchs who are anointed and approved by the Catholic Church but they are not in the same way vicegerents as, say, King David was a vicegerent on behalf of God for ancient Israel. Does that make sense? So even the Holy Roman Emperor, even the King of the Catholic King of France and the Catholic King of Spain and the Catholic King of England, they didn't hold their offices in the same way that the Messianic kings descending from King David did. That's different. That being said, I do believe that the most noble, righteous, and effective form of government for humans right now is Catholic monarchy integrated with the state. I don't, I mean, with the church. I don't believe that the church, like the bishop should be the local mayor or the governor and the archbishop should be the local governor. No, the the bishops are there to teach sanctify, instruct, govern the church. But I do believe that the local governor and the mayor and the nobles and the Senate and the prime minister and the monarch, if there is one, that they are all accountable to the church because they're laymen. And they're ultimately accountable to the Pope. So if they start enacting legislation that's contrary to the dogma or morality of the church, they can be deposed and punished by the Pope. That is the best and most noble and truest and most effective way for humans to live in the new covenant. Just my opinion. Well, I don't think it's just my opinion. I think it's actually backed by Thomas Aquinas and uh, some church teaching. What happened to the audio at the beginning? It was turned off, so I had to start over. We'll clip off that that uh, broken first part. Holy communion should be on the tongue. I agree. Mary is our hope. She must intervene now. I agree. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Oh, good one. Good one. Is Francis going to be held responsible for pressuring hundreds of millions of faithful to get vaccinated? Thank you. That also needs to be taken care of. You met with the president of Pfizer, Francis, and then you went on and told everybody why they needed to go get poked, and now we got all kinds of injuries in the world over it? Mm-mm. That hurt a lot of people. The Successor of St. Peter, the vicar of Christ, is not there to run commercials for pharmaceutical companies. Can we all agree with that? Tabor, do you believe Francis would choose to resign of his own will? I don't think he wants to give up this power. So, no. No. Taylor, please do an interview with Father Charles Murr. I want to. Um, I've reached out through a source. Hopefully, it's going to happen. So make sure you're subscribed so you see it. But I do plan to do that. I'm going to be upping the interviews here. So if there's someone you'd like for me to interview, let me know in the live chat. And we can can, uh, start. Now that I have a more dedicated space and more dedicated time... And be able to do a lot more dedicated interviews. Steve says, do you only get questions from YouTube? No, I get questions right now from Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can see right now, Steve, there's a little Facebook F on your profile picture. That means you're on you're on Facebook. So I get them from all. It's just there's so many more people on YouTube that many of them come from YouTube. But here's another one from Facebook, Donuta. Just read Polish online news, secret plan in Vatican. Yes. Everybody's starting to realize that something is going on. Something is going on. Mark. Bishop Williamson. Yes, I'm going to work on it. I want to interview Bishop Williamson. Katie, it's so weird how Novus Ordo Catholics got jabbed, but no traditional Catholic people really did. Hmm. Is that the case? I think it's generally the case. Most traditional Catholics that I know did not get the pokey-pokey in the arm. Whereas most Novus Ordo I know did, but I know some Novus Ordo people who didn't get the pokey-pokey. So I don't think that's totally, totally accurate. But in general, it seems to be the trend. And why is that? Well, we traditionalists are suspicious of Francis telling us to go get the vaccine, to go get the pokey. That's one thing. But also, I think if you're traditional, you're you're generally suspicious of the media, CNN. You're generally suspicious of the medical pharmaceutical complex. And you're generally suspicious of the Democratic Party and, Pope, and uh, Pope, President Biden. So since I'm suspicious of President Biden, CNN, the medical pharmaceutical complex, and Francis, and all four of them were telling me to get the pokey pokey, to get poked, that entire time I was saying to myself, I am most definitely not getting poked. Most definitely not. Maria, please interview Monsignor Gensfein. I would love to. Archbishop Gensfein, I would love to do an interview I'll stay quiet. I'll just ask a few questions and I'll let you speak. I think it'd be fantastic. What did you I mean when you heard President Biden, CNN, the the medical pharmaceutical complex and Francis all telling you to go get a medical um to get a treatment that was untested? Didn't that kind of ring the bell like, hey, you shouldn't do that? That was my perspective. Do you guys agree? Lots of people talking about the poke. I don't really want to go off under the poke. I want to stay on this topic. Didn't Pope Benedict XVI join the consecration? I don't believe so. Not officially. Again, remember the request of Our Lady of Fatima was not the Pope and the Pope Emeritus joined together and do a consecration of Russia and the Ukraine. That was not the request. It was the Pope in union with the bishops of the world. Now, I guess Benedict is a bishop. I mean, this is so confusing. Pope Emeritus, Bishop of Rome Emeritus, I don't know. But I don't think it's, I I don't think it is necessary that Benedict would have to, unless Benedict was really the real Pope, then it would definitely need to be him leading it. Nancy G, people are dying all over. I know you're not supposed to notice that and you're not supposed to say it. You're not supposed to notice and you're not supposed to say it. All right. Well, we've been going a long time. I'm going to pack it up here. We'll pray Hail Mary. Make sure you like it. Make sure you share it. Most important thing you can do is you're my algorithm. You have to share this program with your family and friends. It won't go through the normal YouTube, Twitter, Facebook algorithm and go out. You all have to manually hit share to my profile share to my people share and then you have to manually subscribe and hit the bell like the video etc so please everyone right now take a moment hit the like like it share it and subscribe i'd encourage you if you're interested in the topic of catacomb, antichrist mark of the beast horror of babylon armageddon all these topics and you want to know what the church fathers and the early popes taught about the Antichrist and the Apocalypse and what's going to happen and what to expect and even how the Book of Revelation relates to things like the Three Days of Darkness. Get a copy of my new book, Antichrist and Apocalypse. The audio is narrated by Kennedy Hall, and it's excellent. Get a copy of that. If you want a signed copy and you don't want to go through Amazon, go to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dr. Taylor Marshall. Let me put that on the screen. If I can. Here we go. Patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. DR is in doctor. Boom. Whoa, that's big. Patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. That looks right to me. All right, you can get to sign one. I'll mail it to your house. And um, if you want to get caught up on all this stuff, You need to read Infiltration or listen to the audio. It'll put together the whole history and all that. If you want a signed copy of that, instead of going through Amazon, you want me to mail one to you, go to patreon.com forward slash drtaylormarshall and you can get one of those. If you want to move to a place in the country that's more traditional, more conservative, go to realestateforlife.org, realestateforlife.org. They'll help you sell your home wherever you are in the world. You can be in Mexico, you can be in Canada, wherever. They will help you and help you move. Find a home in a place that has the traditional Latin Mass, traditional school, traditional monastery, traditional convent. Go to realestateforlife.org. Tell them you heard about it on the Dr. Taylor Marshall Show, and they will get you going. They'll get you set. And then also, please go to newstthomas.com and start your Bible in a Year program. Or maybe you don't want to do the Bible in a Year program. This isn't your year for that. Maybe you want to study the traditional Latin Mass. You want a full online course on the traditional Mass? The only one I know of is right here, newst.thomas.com. Maybe you want to study Catholic apologetics and know how to defend your faith against Muslims. Guess what? I've got a module on how to defend your faith against Muslims. I got a module on how to defend your faith against Jewish friends. I got a module on how to defend your faith against Protestants and evangelicals and atheists and agnostics. And the best module of all, how to defend your traditional faith against. Cafeteria Catholics, that's all available at NewStThomas.com. There are 10 online courses as a premium member, as a student. You can get your certificate in all 10. All that's included for this winter enrollment period at NewStThomas.com. That's where I teach online courses. It's amazing. It's awesome. We have a 93% retention rate. People love it. Go to NewStThomas.com. It's winter enrollment. It may be full right now. Go get those last spots if they're available, newstthomas.com. We're going to pray the Hail Mary together before we sign off. Oremus, nomine Patris, et spiritu Sancti, Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena Dominus Tecum, benedicta in molieribus et benedictus fructus ventris Tui, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, or per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et mortis nostre. Amen. All holy popes, pray for us. If you Spirit sanctity, Amen. I forgot to mention. If you want to learn how to pronounce those prayers with me praying really slow, the Latin, Ave Maria, Grazia plena. I do all that over at New St. Thomas as well. It's all available there. Alright. Thanks for watching. Make sure you pray your rosary every single day. If you don't pray the rosary, you're not on the team. Alright, we got a, we got a man up. We got a woman up. We've got to pray our rosary every single day. Rattle the beads. And until next time, remember our Lord Jesus Christ as you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed.